break, draft, trade. Hello. And what was the other thing? <laughs> I thought there was another thing. But I thought he said there was two things. Yeah, I did. Nick. Nick. Help. Yeah, we need help. Nick. Oh, he's not. He's not even listening. Divisional round of the playoffs and conference championships. And we are discussing fantasy players and how they played through the season and in the fantasy playoffs and what we plan to do with them in the off season and into next year. I looked up the ranges one to 14, week one to 14 and looked at the average and looked where they ranked. And then I looked at their averages weeks 15 through 17, which are your fantasy playoffs and talked a little bit about their averages and whatnot there. I'm doing the assumption for weeks under season average last flex was all 18 weeks but it's the last flex player which would be number 96 two rb two wide receiver three flex and a tight end other than your quarterback and super flex so those players that are non-quarterback positions that's 96 players i took the average for player number 96 on the season which was 9.8 and then wrote a little bit about how many times they were above or below that mark for quarterbacks i just did it at 24 with the 24th quarterback was the key players for dynasty on each of these teams i basically skipped the tight ends tight ends and tight end premium kind of changed the equation okay. for like last flex and stuff so i mm -hmm. just mostly just skipped the tight ends We're talking about the qbs rbs and wide receivers uh, we can always touch on tight ends later i know it's your favorite we can touch the tight ends we can always touch tight ends mm -hmm. yeah. that was you that's what she said <laughs> yep once we have a firm grasp of tight ends <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely what she said. <laughs> Let's roll. So, all right, I guess that's it. All right. Peace, love, peace, love, and prosper. What? <laughs> Is that Star yeah, Trek? No. I think that's Star Trek. Live long and prosper. That was a combination behind something terrible, motivational, you hang on your wall and Star Trek. Yeah, that was that hurt. <laughs> that really hurt to hear. <laughs> Listen, maybe I made Peace, that. Love and prosper. <laughs> That's an intro. Maybe I was making that up for our podcast so that nobody could come back and claim copyright infringement. Okay. I, I don't think they'd want to. <laughs> Break, draft, trade. Peace, love, and prosper. I'm saying that every podcast now. Peace, love, and prosper. We're gonna we're gonna cut that out. Okay. <laughs> no, you're not. Because everything you've ever told me you're cutting out is so in the pod. It's the best part. Um, it rolls off the tongue really nice. And that's what she said. Is it? Yes! I'm like, who is this guy? You seem to be missing stuff. Like, what is happening with your face? I'm like, hey, baby face. I used to have two hairy men on this pod, and now I've got, like, hairless men here. Nick went cutting all his hair off. You shaved your face. I think you guys are trying to make me feel better about my hair situation, so thank you. I do appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, well, if you look real close, I probably have some thin hair, because, you know, that shit's real. <laughs> some days I'm like, wow, I think I could grow a beard. This is awesome. Super sexy. Yeah, this is such an awesome conversation. You just wait. Just wait. Your wife's gonna have a beard before you know it. Get ready. That's definitely not loud enough. No. You gotta be loud like me. Go a little louder. A little bit louder now. A little bit louder now. It's like you're whispering in my ear, but like close. <laughs> I suppose. That's probably good. Blowing up can be good. <laughs> Peaking can be good. Peaking is not good. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how we're blowing up, but it could be good. I've been listening back to our podcast from last year. Oh my God.
God. I love when we record it and then it's a little while until it comes out and then when somebody shoots me a message and says something I said and I'm like, oh my God, I said that. <laughs> I, I totally forgot I said that. <laughs> Justin Jefferson. <laughs> like, do you know who this is? <laughs> and as soon as he sent me the, that picture, I'm like, oh my God, I'm never living this down. It was hilarious. Oh, did Nick publish the pod? <laughs> it was really funny. It's fine. J Jets, you mean J Jeff? We have autocorrect now? Sometimes the trees fly by. We did that. It happened in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Um, I'm a little overwhelmed looking at this show sheet. I'm not gonna lie, I had to scroll like way too much. Nice. Um, a little scrolly scroll there. No. Please. Down. Please, please. Sugar. Yes. Is it up or down? Up, down, up. Scrolling, Nick, scroll, scroll. Scrolling, Nick, scroll, scroll. Scrolling with my homies. Oh, where are we going to? We gotta go to Buffalo. It's too cold. He, I'm pretty sure, brought me a victory. A victory? I mean, he was kind of like that, the redheaded stepchild that was like, no! He wasn't that memorable. I can't remember because my brain is mush and I have no memory. Hmm. Did, <laughs> I'm getting old, you guys. Rolling with my homies. <laughs> and you gotta calm down. Like what you saw in those games and like how it plays under next year. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. I am your hostess, Gina Noble. You can, and you're laughing because I didn't go to you and say you were waiting, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Not waiting. Mike yeah. was ready this time. No, definitely don't want to do it three times in a row. No. Oh, okay, well, third third time's a charm. <laughs> or a trend. Uh, I am your hostess, Gina Noble. You can find me on Twitter at noble g underscore ff. Allow me to introduce you all to our wait yeah i guess i can say that our <laughs> our the men of the hour it's a two syllable word <laughs> it's only three letters our <laughs> Allow me to introduce you to our funny fantasy brains. We have the fresh and new, I didn't even recognize him because he has completely shaved his face. (gasps) They like to call him Big Papa, our bougie Papa of the pod, Mr. Papa Bearclaw, Mike, say hello. Hello. And tell them where they can find you on Twitter. At underscore Papa Bearclaw. Is that right? think about that. I, just, I did have to think about that. You see that? She's making you do her job. <laughs> I did it on purpose. I was like, watch this. I'm totally going to throw him a bone here. Surprise question. So, yes, we have He's Gone Country. Look oh, at them God. boots. <laughs> Mr. Nashville. Nick James, who has recently become a resident of the amazing city of Nashville, and he is a huge country music fan. So let's go, girls. Thanks. (laughs) Oh, my God, Nick. I'm going to make a cowboy out of you. Nope. Dubious. Nick, tell them where they can follow you on Twitter. Uh, hi. <laughs> I'm throwing them both for a loop. You can follow me at Iowa in the NFL and the pod at Rank Draft Trade, and you will never be able to find me becoming a cowboy. It's happening. It's happening. We're going to make a country music fan out of him. There's no way you plan this transition. And we're <laughs> on to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> 
<laughs> we are going to touch on teams that have lost in the divisional round of the playoffs. What were the two things? It was divisional round of the playoffs, and what was the other thing? Conference championships. Oh, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Let's go, girls. So speaking of Cowboys, we're starting in Dallas. Ooh. Nick, do you want to explain really quick what you did, how you... Nick is the king of spreadsheets and numbers, so he's always using that numbers brain of his to break down and, and put values on players. So do you want to just tell them real quick about how your value system, what you did here? Mm -hmm. Yes, using basic math and the <laughs> Google search bar, I was able to accomplish this feat. Hey, um. listen, I don't do math, so I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't do Google search bars either. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Technology and math, like, forget it. All these hoops. Like, my brain actually exploded. <laughs> well, I looked at scoring for players during the fantasy regular season, which is weeks 1 through 14, and then looked at their scoring weeks 15 through 17 to see how they perform during the playoff weeks, and then looked at their season as a whole. That will be the focus of a lot of the observations as we go through some of these players talking about their dynasty value, but also touching on, you know, a little bit how they did during the season and who helped you win in the playoffs. Okay, awesome. Well, we are in cowboy country in Dallas, and we are starting with none other than Dak. Dak Prescott was Dak a good investment on our fantasy team for the entirety of the season, and we keeping him. You think he's a buy, sell, keep? Yeah, you gotta drop him. Yeah, definitely got to cut him. I mean, him. just get rid of him. Just <laughs> cut him right off your fantasy route. If you if you are cutting him and you're in a league with me, just give him to me. I'll take him. Whatever. Yeah, he's not taxi eligible. I don't want him. <laughs> no, no. What, the highest ranked QB over like 27, I, I suppose? Mean, he's going to be 30. Mm -hmm. Ooh. He's right, right there at that cusp, but the best value of a top-end QB going into next year in drafts right now, you could say potentially. During the fantasy playoffs, he was the fifth highest scoring QB as far as total for weeks 15 through 17. Somebody who was helping you win this year. Obviously, he missed uh, several games this year, and even with that, the games he did play, he was average QB 16, so that's still something that you're not regretting starting. But what I found really interesting is of the 11 starts that you got last season out of Dak, he had 6 QB 1 weeks, 4 QB 2 weeks, and only 1 week outside the top 24 QBs. So he's worth playing every week. Yeah. That one week outside the top 24 was the week one where he got hurt. Dak was something that you set it and forget it at quarterback. Uh, a great value play that definitely helped you win this year for sure. Mike, you want to add to that? I mean, you covered pretty much everything with, with uh, this season. Every week he starts, he, he's a must start. So he had, he had a great value there. I do remember him going like top seven, top eight last year as far as quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I mean, even like that early in the first round. Yep. I mean, I didn't like that value kind of going to, going to 29, but... He did play well, but going into 30, now I do like him as a value more. Like he's, I've been seeing him going like the third to fifth round, uh, which is a huge fall from where he was last season. But Which is interesting because I feel like he came out and proved himself to be a very viable fantasy quarterback this season, but yet he fell further down the line. 
is what you're saying? Yeah. Huh. He's going later in drafts than he was a year ago. Like a lot later. Why do you think? I mean, you think people just didn't realize? You think he's a sneaky value? I'll say it like this. People celebrate their 30th birthday, but are they really happy to celebrate it? Plus, there's a couple younger guys that are passing him up like Fields and Lawrence who weren't there previously. Mm, Okay. Yeah, getting drafted ahead of him. But of the QBs 30 plus, he's going to be the highest one off the board going into next season. And if they uh, got a valid compliment to Lamb, that could be even better. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought back Schultz. If they don't bring back Schultz, that's one of Dak's security blankets, but it's hard to imagine them not replacing that with something that they use all the time like Dallas does. So Yeah, so Mike likes tight end heavy teams. So watch who goes into that tight end position in Dallas because that's going to be one of those tight ends that it doesn't really matter who it is. Grab them because they'll get use. Unless it's Kaseki, then definitely grab him. That would be sweet. Okay. So speaking real quick, I know this is not in the show notes, but you know I have to at least mention it because I love him. Speaking of fired. old court fired. No, I'm not. <laughs> you can't fire me. I'm still here. <laughs> so speaking of old quarterbacks, like Brady retired finally. <laughs> but I was actually like, I thought it was really good. Like I thought it was very candid and heartfelt and genuine. And the way that he should have gone out, like something felt like it wasn't on his terms last year. And it was like a big surprise that I don't think he really told anybody. And he just was like, you know what? I'm going out on my terms. Um, He ended the season. I know a lot of people don't want to look at Brady as having a good season, but he did get the Buccaneers a divisional championship this season. He did all the things he could do. You always want to see the story end in Super Bowl and then he rides off into the sunset but I do think he went out on top of his game so I was very happy for him I think it's a good time and um, I wish Tom Brady all the best I think we're going to see him obviously doing some hosting I mean if you need any pointers Tom you can absolutely call me Um, I can help you with you know hosting notes and whatnot. Brady played every game this season oh so you know healthy for an old guy during the fantasy regular season, it, it wasn't perfect the whole time, but he did <laughs> no. average out at QB 16. But weeks 15 through 17, QB 2. Wow. So Tom Brady helped you go out on top. He did. And you know, that's an interesting stat right there because you look at quarterbacks, and I, I'm just going to use Aaron Rodgers as a example because I have to listen to my husband, Cartman, talk about this all the time. But there's quarterbacks quarterbacks who do what they need to do when, you know, when they have to, and that's Tom Brady. And then there's quarterbacks who seem to choke. And I have always felt like Aaron Rodgers, when it's really important and it's down to the wire, he just can't seem to get the job done. So kudos to Tom Brady. Um, absolutely the goat. You guys can argue that if you want, but I think he is definitely the goat man. Transitioning from your addition to the show sheet, we're going to go from goats to lambs. <laughs> Yes! So, and while we're on the subject of goats and farm animals, let's go from a goat to a lamb. Bad jokes. Back to Dallas and bah, CD lamb. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I was on the farm for a minute. I mean, you know, Nick's in Nashville. We got the country. It's a farm theme today. I come from Indiana, which is like farm country. <laughs> come to Nashville. It's like, oh, yeah, farms. <laughs> country music and, and farms. There's no farms here. There's just a million people with boots and hats on. <laughs> Big hats. And there's no cows. Indiana, we had corn everywhere. No. Yeah. Yeah, what is Nashville even known for agriculturally? Anything? Hot tenders. Hot chicken. Oh, it's good, though. It'll burn your face off. All right, so back to CD lamb. I mean, chicken's still on subject, but we're going to talk about lambs right now. Mm, hot lamb. Hot lambs. <laughs> hot lambs. And <laughs> lamb was hot. So we've got some lamb chops. <laughs> Uh, how did C.D. Lamb do on your little uh, Richter scale of fun? <laughs> on the Richter scale of fun, a new metric we use to evaluate wide receivers. I didn't know what to call it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. That's catchy. Thank you, thank you. That's why you guys. That's why I'm still employed. <laughs> During the fantasy regular season, he was wide receiver seven. He played every game. If you went by like average, guys like Chase Cup, Hopkins, Michael Thomas, who didn't play a ton of games but did well in those games, or as many games, I should say, you know, they would have moved above Lamb, moving him down to wide receiver 11. But weeks 15 through 17, this was your wide receiver one. Yeah. Not Jay Jets. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> or Chase. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Who's Jay Jets? Did we establish who Jay Jets was? Anybody? Yep, yep, t- yep, we did. So today we're learning about Lamb. Um, <laughs> he, I mean, like, he played 16 games this season. Three of those games he was worse than what I would consider last flex. Now, I didn't say this in the introduction or whatever, but I'm drawing the line at last flex, looking at a full season and looking at the 96th flex player average and determining, drawing that as the line in the sand to kind of look at who scored above and who scored below. That player scored 9.8 points. So I'm using that as if they scored above that, then they were worthy to play in your lineup. If they scored below that, you shouldn't have played them in your lineup. And most wide receivers, they have a few of these. And almost pretty much every wide receiver has a few games where their floor is below what you should have played, where, you know, you'll get more consistency, especially out of like quarterbacks, which is part of the argument for you never play anything other than quarterback and your super flex unless it's just really bad. Lamb scored three times outside of what I would consider the last flex, at least by season average points. And this is PPR, non-tight end premium. 10 of his 16 weeks, he was either a wide receiver two or wide receiver one. Seven of those weeks were wide receiver one. Lamb being the best wide receiver in the playoffs, when did he go in drafts, Mike? Like last year? I think he was like falling fourth, fifth round. Like uh, people were kind of starting to get pretty slow on him, pretty low on him compared to where they were. Mm -hmm. As high as wide receiver three, Nobody had him really over like Chase or Jay Jets. No. Oh um. my gosh, we're just not gonna <laughs> let that go. <laughs> yep. I'm calling him Jay Jeffs. <laughs> but even going into next year, I'm still not putting him above wide receiver three. But I think it like kind of cements him there, especially with how he closed out the season. Like if you love how Amon closed out the 2021 season, then I mean I do. Definitely gotta love Lamb. Mm, I'm picking Amon Raw. He's my boy. I'm going for the sun god. I'll probably take Lamb as wide receiver three. Go between him and AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Well, we wouldn't have to worry about sniping each other. <laughs> no, we wouldn't be. I would, I'm not going to be able to draft him. Let's be serious. Let's be serious. The queen would just draft Amon 12 times in a row in a 12 round draft. <laughs> like, you can't. She will. Guys, how many times can I play the same player in a lineup? Can I just duplicate him? 
<laughs> That'd be an awesome team. There are leagues that have duplicates, but you're not allowed to have both. Mm. Ezekiel Elliott. Speaking of maturing gentlemen in the NFL, Ezekiel Elliott is how old? Very. Like 48. <laughs> 48. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> yep, he just passed Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. 48 years old, or feels like, is this like dog years or what? He is obviously getting up there in age, which is so funny because I think the first year I played fantasy football, he was a rookie. Mm-hmm. So that's how long I have been playing fantasy football. <laughs> I've got a little bit of a little bit of trivia for you here. Ooh, I love trivia. Who's older, Zeke or Eckler? Eckler. Zeke. It's Eckler. Oh, shoot. I just didn't want to guess the same thing as Mike because it looked like I was copying. Who's older, <laughs> Zeke or James Connor? Connor. It is Connor. Oh. Who's older, Zeke or Fournette? Oh my God, Fournette. No, no, it's got to be Zeke. It's Fournette. Uh, yes, I got one. Fournette is 28. Uh, Zeke is 27 and a half. I figured he was throwing a curveball. Derrick Henry, 29. Yeah. And who's the lowest value of all of those running backs there in that age group? <laughs> Connor. It's Elliot. It's Zeke by far. Oh. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, interesting. Huh. This is a prime example of why age isn't everything. Hmm. Because you go by touches, Zeke is above almost every single one of these, if not all of them. Even with Pollard having so much of this share? Even splitting the work, Zeke came into the season where it was just Mark Ingram ahead of him, who's 32. It's the accumulation of touches. Zeke is under contract next year, so there's a really good chance you're going to get the same Zeke as this year, next year, which isn't like prime Zeke. This year, he was average and total RB21. He was RB22 weeks 15 through 17. I mean, like, he was pretty consistent, where, like, nine of the 14 weeks that he played, he was an RB2 or better. He had four weeks where he shouldn't have even been in your flex, but so did Pollard. Pollard had the same amount of weeks where he shouldn't have been in your flex. He's always, like, just scoring away from being one of your starts. Exactly. The key point between difference between Pollard and Zeke, Pollard scored RB1 six weeks. Zeke scored RB1 five weeks. But Zeke never finished higher than RB9. Just enough points to get him into a back-end RB1. Pollard never finished lower than RB8 in any of those six weeks where he was an RB1. So, like, when Pollard blew up, it was a lot bigger. Zeke is going to be a low yards per carry, touchdown dependent, but that touchdown and consistency of those keeps you being worth starting week after week, where Pollard flunked out as many times as Zeke, but when he hit, he hit big. So just- Just on another note, um, obviously, contrary to popular belief, none of the coaches in the NFL care about our fantasy team. So ultimately, (laughs) I do feel like Dallas has done a really good job of conserving their running backs with the way that they have played Zeke and Pollard. So I feel like they have been able to utilize Zeke in a really good way as he gets older and has more wear and tear from the running back position and Pollard has sort of taken on more and more of a role but it's made for a successful backfield for Dallas. Yep and now Pollard's a free agent. You think he's going anywhere? Well let's go ahead and get into Pollard. So Pollard's our next. So what what do you think? I mean they'd be crazy to let Pollard go right? I mean how much money is he going to get? Can they afford it? They have a great thing. How old is Pollard? Want to say 25? Not as old as Zeke. Not as old as Zeke but not much younger. 25 and a half. Zeke is 27 
seven and a half, somewhere around there. I, does Pollard stand a chance of going elsewhere and walking in and having like a big, big contract? Not like a big, big one, but maybe more than Dallas is willing to pay. Yeah. That'd be a big loss for Dallas, I feel like. Because they got to pay Zeke regardless. They're not getting out from under Zeke. If they do, then they're just sacrificing so much money yeah. to it. And if somebody like just sees like Pollard and they really want to bring him in, they kind of overpay him, then he's going to end up going there. So you, do you think he's not going to be in Dallas next next season? I don't know. You know it, it's tough to say, but I'd say it's like 80-20 that he goes somewhere else. I'm not confident that he's coming back. Does that mean Zeke to the moon? No. It just means there, there'll be probably another running back coming in. They'll bring somebody else in. Yeah. yeah. How do you think that fares for Pollard's value? Do you think he would actually do better because he may have more of the share himself? I mean, obviously, it'd bring it up. You'd think so. Like, it's I'm curious where people would draw Pollard's value because, like, he's going pretty high in startups right now. Well, he had a great season. I mean, I had him, and when I first drafted him, it was kind of like, am I ever going to use him? I mean, he was almost one of those players that I was like, he may be borderline droppable. Let's see how this goes. And then it got to the point where I was actually consistently playing him week after week in my flex spot. Um, I was pretty running back heavy in that league. He gave me some really good weeks, and he was a great player to play in if you had an injury from you know Jonathan Taylor had a ton of injury issues and all of the big running backs I feel like were plagued with some kind of injury this season so he was a reliable plug-in when I needed him during the season fantasy regular season he was RB7 yeah I mean I'll take that for a flex position he played in all the games but he missed your fantasy championship I think his floor is what you got this year half of a backfield carry with someone who you know takes some of the work and he does really well with the work that he gets as long as he lands on an offense that's as good as dallas that might be the biggest hurdle in that worst case scenario best case scenario is he gets the majority of the work in some backfield and it's even better or at least just as good so i don't see a lot of routes where pollard falls in value by where he lands i mean not by where he lands but how he performs up would definitely do it he's just in a weird spot because he's kind of hitting that point where like you're kind of already have packed into the value of them being a starter and we're not sure uh, maybe he goes back to dallas and you, you know you get another great good year or two maybe he becomes like a, a featured back somewhere yeah if that offense doesn't move like dallas then yeah like if he ends up on the texans it's like yeah uh, I that's guess. where running backs go to die i don't know damian pierce wasn't half bad yeah but like what if what if he uh, replaces barkley for the new york giants Ooh. Transition. So speaking of the New York Giants, money, 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 money. Oh, yeah. Mike was a happy, happy boy this year because the Giants had a great season. Yeah. Finally. Finally. Were you it's like, only been, finally? It's only been like 11 years. <laughs> Oh my God. So that's a long 11 Tom years. Tom Brady remembers. <laughs> Tom Brady remembers. <laughs> oh my God. I was having a conversation with a client today, as a matter of fact, and they were like, I can't even take it with my one friend who just is convinced that Eli Manning is the greatest quarterback ever because he's the only quarterback to ever beat Tom Brady twice. And I was like, yeah, they're insane. Okay, well, we're not having this discussion. <laughs> like, she's 
She's like, I can't. I can't with her, but you can't talk her out of it. I'm like, just let her have her moment. Small side note, I hate the greatest player ever discussions in any sport about yeah. anything because it's so contextual. Oh, it's it totally opinion. What stat you care about. Like, I hate that. Those debates. Yeah. They're debates that don't What's have winners. What's the best player ever <laughs> at one of the important positions? And that's, yeah. I mean, Jerry Rice might be better. And now we're done debating. What have mm. we accomplished? My brothers and my dad constantly do this. They're huge baseball people and they do um, Hall of Fame discussions. And so every time they get together, they talk about all of these players, like who's making Hall of Fame and who's not. And some of them, like it'll be the most ridiculous player. But then my brother's got like all of the stats and he's like, no, no, he's got all this better than this and this and this. And it's like, it's it's just funny. It makes me want to like stick a butter knife in my ear, but it's Speaking just of better than this and this, Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. Mike, Mike is going to be like the man on this subject of the New York Giants. So your boy, Danny Dimes. And I have to, I have to chuckle a little bit because it was like Mike was to Danny Dimes as I was to Amon Ross St. Brown. So going into the season, Mike was a Danny Dimes truther. He was like, no, Amon Ross, no Amon Ross. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about Danny Dimes. <laughs> so both of us at the end of the season are like, dun da 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 like we were right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so right now, congrats for now, on Danny Dimes. There's no congratulations. I, yeah, I was always on a Danny Dimes train. He's one of my favorite values for the last few years now. But uh, yeah, what he was a QB 11 finish, QB 10, I guess, depending on which uh, format okay. you're looking at. I'm looking at four point passing touchdowns, but then average QB 13. But just during the regular season, during the fantasy playoffs, he was the fourth best QB to have. Ooh, coming in clutch. Yeah. League winner, Danny Dimes. Le- winner, baby. With a wide receiver one, Isaiah Hodgkins. <laughs> I have an interesting <laughs> note that during the playoff weeks 15 through 17, Isaiah Hodgins, his wide receiver one, I guess, or one of them, was wide receiver 16. Wide receiver 14 weeks, weeks 15 through 17 was Richie James. <laughs> oh my word. These are Danny Dimes' best wide receivers. <laughs> These are fantasy relevant players. I mean, like, that says, that speaks volumes yeah. for Danny Dimes. It's been insane. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Who would have thought? He only had two weeks all season where he was outside the top 24 QBs. He played all 16 games during your fantasy football season. He was seven times a QB one, seven times a QB two. He was worth playing, but he is also a free agent. That's... Ooh, the blot thickens. I don't think so. They have enough money to get him and quads back, and I really hope they do. Yep. Yep. This pending free agency thing, though, uh, that's kind of just leaving you that last buy window before you're paying appropriate price for him going into the season signed. If he leaves New York, how sad will you be? Will you cry? Me? Yeah. Depends who they replace him with. How how emotionally (laughs) attached? I will still be a Giants fan, and I'll still watch all of his games. Okay. I just want, for the record, like, if you're in a league with Mike, don't even attempt to try to trade for Danny Dimes because the price on him is so ridiculous. Okay, I mean, no, I, I'm not absolutely insane, but if I am selling Danny Dimes, which I have, I'm paying that, using him to get into one of the, like, upper QBs, like the Herberts and the Burrows, which isn't quite happening yet, but if I'm getting, like, that second round startup value and higher for him, which I've seen him going, which is even higher than I am on him yet. Credit to Mike. We talked about it during 
the off season, I'll take your dimes. I'm buying dimes. I'm buying pennies on the dimes to <laughs> get Danny dimes. I don't have a whole lot of Danny dimes in leagues where Papa's in that league because I just used it to facilitate some trader or another to trade you Danny dimes. And no matter what I sold you Danny dimes for, it's probably better to have Danny dimes as the fourth best QB during the playoffs this year if I was trying to win <laughs> than whatever I got back. <laughs> it, that's that's going to be a huge W that you can hang your 10-gallon bucket hat if you come to Tennessee on is Danny Dimes. I will definitely come to Tennessee. (laughs) We're all going to Tennessee, and we're going to have a good time, and we're going to make a cowboy out of Nick. Oh, no. I don't know what that means. That sounds inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. No! Fired. (laughs) I didn't mean it bad. HR. I need an adult. You guys, even when I'm completely innocent and you make me sound <laughs> crazy oh my god what did i say you're gonna I mean, we're gonna make a cowboy out yeah, of him you save a horse ride a cowboy yeah oh my goodness oh, man. oh my goodness well you guys started it <laughs> uh how do i transition uh horses have huge quads <laughs> the giant legs <laughs> say i am laughing on the show sheet it says say quads so there's two nfl players that are known for their amazing quads one at least because there's quadzilla and mm-hmm. say quads mm-hmm. say quads barkley he's just quads no oh, he's just quads <laughs> all right um i like a man with a good set of quads so saquon barkley and this is another one this whole like section is just <laughs> so mike it's just so mike mike has also been a saquon barkley truther from the beginning like he would get defensively upset if you spoke bad about Saquon. And there was a lot of it in the offseason. Yeah. He was going late in drafts. Yeah, and especially if you were defending Christian McCaffrey and you had anything bad to say about Saquon. <laughs> Admittedly, I was that person. I apologize, Mike. And then he really <laughs> did convince me to give him another chance, so it worked. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy I did. Although, I felt like, did he fall off a little at the end? A little. It was it was just simple math with Saquon in the offseason. He was going in the fifth round of 12-team Superflex startups, and Christian McCaffrey was going in the second, and they had the same upside and the same injury concerns and similar yeah. and, and teams that sucked in the offseason that people thought were going to suck coming into the season. If you say Barkley went out with a whimper, it's because he had like a little measly seven-point game in your fantasy championship. Yeah. The two weeks before that, he scored over 20. <laughs> he was the RB5 in the playoffs and RB5 during the regular fantasy season. RB6, RB6 for average. And he played every game, even though there was some little like injury limitation things that maybe uh, were some of his down games, which he had three games where he didn't score at least 9.8. But 13 of his games, he was an RB2 or an RB1. And that's of the 16 games that he played for you in fantasy football this season. He was great to have. When Brees Hall went down on win now, I flipped him for Saquon straight a couple times. And I was scared because I really like Brees Hall. But I knew if I'm going to swap out RB for RB for this season... I rolled a say quads and gambled that he would stay healthy, and he did. There might have been little injury limitation things there, but he played every game. Every week he was there. So quick question. Yeah. Mike, this is for you. I let, don't you love my questions? They're never stupid. They're really long. Like, who's J-Jets? <laughs> They're really long. 
Oh, <laughs> now I feel like I shouldn't even ask it. Burn. Do you feel like after Christian McCaffrey was traded, did his value change? And do you still feel Saquon is as valuable or would you choose Christian McCaffrey now over Saquon Barkley in any type of draft? Good question. Thank you. That is a good question. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Christian McCaffrey's value definitely went up from going to, from Carolina to San Francisco as the lead back there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. He is a year older than Barkley and going into the season, I mean, you have we have them both very close. If I have Saquon, I'm not moving him for McCaffrey. If I have McCaffrey, I'm not moving him for mm-hmm. Saquon. Mm-hmm. In a draft. In a draft. Who are you drafting first? First? Yeah. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Okay. Same upside, one year younger. I, I'm like, Mike is going to find every justification to get his man here. It's really, if I had to pick only between those two players, yeah. I'll go Saquon just for the extra year. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're going a little too early for me as far as the older running backs. So, like, you have, like, that whole group of older running backs, like the Camari age, going, like, really late in startups right now. And then you have, like, McCaffrey and Saquon going, like, top five RB in startups. Okay. I just I just was curious if you had changed your opinion after that had happened. But, okay. All right. Still sticking with your boy. Yep. Nick, Nick, do you, what, what would you do? So, going into the season, I would have taken McCaffrey over Barkley, even though I liked Barkley. I'm not necessarily, like, Giants fan level of liking Barkley, or at least at that point. By the time midseason rolled around, I liked Barkley more than McCaffrey. McCaffrey gets traded to the 49ers, and he did extremely well. We're going to get to him later. Yeah. He was one of the better players to have in fantasy football this season. But like Mike said, Barkley almost a year younger than McCaffrey. Both these guys are a year younger than the Camara tier. That's part of the reason why they get pushed up to here is just because you get to squeeze that last bit of the best juice out of these guys here this next year or so. They are going in the same range as players who are not even 22 like Brees Hall, but injury or Javante Williams who's not 23 injury and behind 24-year-olds like ETN, Taylor, Swift. But I mean, of the guys that are older than that, those are definitely the top two. I would certainly still prefer Barkley to McCaffrey, even though McCaffrey would have outperformed, but it's just because you get the extra year, kind of like Mike said. Okay. Swift is going after all of those players lately. I guess I should say I have ranked, even though I, yeah, yeah Swift goes goes later in drafts. I, I have to really, I th- it, it seems weird. I think the last draft I did, I got him at, like, I got him in like the third in the last one I did. Yeah, and then other people are getting him in like the fifth and the sixth round. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how you can pass on him that many times. Like, what are you taking instead? But yeah, that's just me. All right, so it's winter and let's go to a super snowy Arctic tundra in Buffalo. We've got our beloved Buffalo Bills. I feel like Buffalo became America's team this year. I like Buffalo. I just think they're a fun, neat team. I feel like it's a team that is just like, they're hard to hate, but we have, of course, one of the top, I I would arguably say Josh Allen and Mahomes are going to be your one and two. Take your pick. Who do you like better? It's just going to be a feeling there. Which one, which one you want to go with? So Josh Allen, what do you got here for Josh Allen? Let's, let's get into Mr. Allen. He's really good. Knocked out of the playoffs again. He's really good. Thank you, Mike. 
<laughs> That's why they pay him the big bucks. <laughs> Josh Allen was one of the players in that debacle that happened week 17 with the Bengals and the Bills. Yes, he was. Depending on how you look at his stats, it's kind of interesting. Like, he was the sixth highest scoring QB weeks 15 through 17. But if you just look at 15 and 16 and use that average, he would have been QB2. And that would put him only behind Hertz in average, who only played one game weeks 15 through 17. It's either Mahomes or Josh Allen. I go back and forth all the time. Right now, I would prefer Mahomes, but it's the difference between 1.01, 1.02 in startups for me. Yeah, I think like at the beginning of the season, I would have picked Josh Allen all day long, but now I'm kind of back to Mahomes. I can dig it. Ooh, so oh. can you? Because <laughs> moving into one of my favorite players, and I dig them, and that is Stefan Diggs. So obviously one of Josh Allen's favorite targets, um, Stefan Diggs. Can you dig him? Not in the playoffs. Not in the playoffs. Yeah, he fell off at he fell off at the end. So he was not a player that was helping you in fantasy championships. Or to get there. Yeah. Uh what happened? So what happened? Well, wide receiver four, weeks one through fourteen. He played every single game. It was great. Yeah, he was awesome. If you knew by average, he only falls behind like cup in, in average points per game. So like it was great. Diggs was great to have until you got to the playoffs. And that's just ignoring the fact that his week 17 game got stopped. So you probably didn't get squat from Diggs in the championship. But then what do you do the two previous weeks? Well, he scored the same in the game that got stopped as he did in week 16 for an entire game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then only scored 10 in week 15. The last week of the season, he only scored six point something. But then he scored above flex for the remainder of the season. Otherwise, it just it kind of fell apart at the end. The biggest observation I take from this is, this is why I don't buy into wide, older wide receivers. Mm. Yeah, it was good. It was so good. It was great. It's the reason why you made the playoffs. But wide receivers have up and down games. They're going to have a few games every season where they don't score a whole lot. And if you can get a guy who's several years younger, who has just as good a chance to have one of his bad games or a good enough game. If you traded a lot for Diggs trying to get one of the last years out of him, and he's the reason you get knocked out of playoffs. Yeah, that's hard. That's, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's a big pill to swallow for sure. Mike, are you like anti-Buffalo because you're a Giants fan? How does that work? No, I mean, I didn't really have anything to say about Josh Allen. You guys kind of covered it all. Oh, do you mean do I not like Buffalo? Yeah, is that like a thing? It's cold. No, 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 no not like the actual place. Do you, do like Giants fans, are they like eh, Buffalo because they're like New York? How does that work? Probably the people that go to the games that I don't talk to are like that, but I'm not like that at all. He cares about tables. Yeah. Tables. They're always jumping through tables. God, no. We, I didn't get any of that. What is it? <laughs> we hate the Eagles and the Cowboys. Wait, why did we start talking about tables? <laughs> Buffalo. The bright side is he gets to play with a quarterback who, of the 16 weeks he played, 13 of those, he was a QB1. Yeah. He was one of the best players to have in fantasy football again. Are we back at Diggs? Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm just talking about, well, Diggs worked playing with Josh Allen. Of the three weeks where he wasn't a QB1, he scored as a QB2. And then the other week was the week where the game got stopped. This was like one of the best players to have on your fantasy football team this year. Uh, unless your name is Stefan Diggs. Yeah. <laughs> 
right, um, from the coldest place in America to, down to one of the warmest places, and that is Jacksonville. You know, I have to say, I was really impressed with Jacksonville this year. I was actually, I found myself rooting for Jacksonville. They came to play. Trevor Lawrence stepped it up this season. It was good to see. I mean, he was going so late in startup drafts. Where's he going in, in startup drafts now, Mike? Oh, give me one second. We see the last one. First round every single draft so far in Superflex. I feel like Trevor Lawrence was the kid on the playground that when you're picking teams, he was the last kid picked last season for startup drafts. Oh, yeah. And now it's like, you know, people are fighting over him. Right around 107 every time. Yep. Him and Fields going back to back constantly. Uh, I, I've been seeing Fields fall a bit, but yeah, he's been going before Lamar. Yeah, yeah. that's the biggest thing thing is that he's been getting picked over Lamar recently and it's just the uncertainty with Lamar next year. You know, I feel like even just a year ago Jacksonville was the team that it was just kind of like, yeah, they suck. Mm-hmm. Like, they got nothing yep. going for them. They were the Jets. And all of a sudden, it's like everything came together and just started working and they're working together so well and they got the million dollar man, Christian Kirk, the multi-multi-million dollar man. And maybe that was the key. Maybe they needed Christian Kirk and that was the piece to the puzzle that made it all happen. And uh, pro bowler Evan Ingram. (laughs) Well, pro bowler Evan Ingram definitely helped. And getting competent wide receivers has to help. Having a first round running back who you played in college with has to help. Having a coach who is an Urban Meyer. Yeah. This also has to help. Literally could have been no coach. (laughs) It would have been better. T-Law was a QB1 in the playoffs for you. Yes. If you go by average it would have been like QB 14 but at least really close and he's younger than pretty much all the QBs who are going in the first round over him. Yeah I really I'm rooting for him. That on, on that basis alone you've got to be excited. Yeah. During the regular season he was a QB 1 both in total and in average playing every game. He had 10 different QB 1 weeks, 3 different QB 2 weeks he did have 3 different weeks where he was outside the top 24 QBs but dude is young and getting better definitely better than year prior so a lot to look forward to with T-Law even though I think Kirk might even be a, a little overvalued coming off last season. So, yeah, multi, multi, multi-million dollar man. But Christian Kirk turned out to be quite an asset on your fantasy teams this year. He ended up being quite valuable in Jacksonville. So so what? where did he rank in your little, in on the Richter scale? Oh, fun. Yeah, during the regular season, it was great by total points. If you don't actually, like, look at when you actually had to play him because he was like wide receiver 10. Played all the games during the regular season. I mean, if you do average, then he falls behind like Chase Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Hollywood, T. Higgins. But during the fantasy football playoffs, you're looking at Christian Kirk, wide receiver 44. He scored under six points twice, weeks 16 and 17, losing you in the fantasy playoffs if you were depending on him to put up, you know, even decent points. But then you look at his season, it's like, all right, well, he was wide receiver 10. You know, he must have done well, right? Only three of those 16 weeks during the whole season was he a wide receiver one, and only five times was he a wide receiver two. Christian Kirk? Yep. Really? Almost half the time, seven times, during his fantasy season last year, he scored less than 9.8 points. He had some big weeks. He had a, some
some okay weeks and a lot of weeks where you shouldn't necessarily have played him when the dust settled. So he's a little deceptive as far as he was not nearly as consistent as some of the other wide receivers. He had the flaw that most wide receivers have that it's not every single week that you see it, but then sometimes it's big. It, his not great weeks were not startable. We're not great. <laughs> yeah, we're extra in a bad. He was really boom bust this year, yep. but people are going to see the wide receiver eight right next to his name, and you know, hopefully you can still get some. I, mean, I recently got him at like a eighth round pick 12, so I thought that was good value there, but it's, it'll be really inter- interesting to see what happens with Ridley there next year. Exactly, and that was without Ridley. Yeah, I'm really curious. That's when Zay Jones is his competition. Please, oh, and Zay Jones had a hell of a season. Yep, not too bad. The problem with Zay Jones is he'd go and put up like 37 points, which is, I mean, he had these humongous games, but then like just when you felt like you could trust Zay Jones, he would literally put up nothing. And I felt like it was always games that really mattered too. So I was like, why? Like, can't you just average these big games into the other games just a little bit? Like, can we have some rollover? Nope, nope, because there's got to be room for pro bowler Evan Ingram. Yep. And then occasionally Travis Etienne. Tight end five. Who saw that coming? Like, what planet are we living on? Giants fans. I, I did. Yeah? I, I told you. I told you about him. Yeah? He's a pro bowler. He's a pro bowler. This means everything. You had a, gra- <laughs> you had a grasp on that tight end? I did. I liked Engram. Mm-hmm. Pro bowler Tyler Huntley. <laughs> he is. Pro bowl gamer or whatever it's called now. What? Are you laughing at me? No. <laughs> no, I'm laughing that Tyler Huntley is a pro bowler this year. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Travis Etienne. Yes. Was another one of those things that... Uh, <laughs> another one of those <laughs> Gary week one evolved throughout the season. Like Kirk, you know, was disappointing in the playoffs. ETM was the opposite. He was RB nine during the playoffs. He was one of the better RBs to have on your team during the fantasy football playoffs. During the regular season, RB two, if you go by average, it was RB 27, but he played all the games. He wasn't doing nearly as well at the beginning. That was when James Robinson was there. That kind of like skews his season long stats. Half the time he was an RB two or better. A couple times flex worthy, but then six weeks, weeks where he scored less than 9.8. Three of those were at the beginning of the season when he was splitting with James Robinson, getting like only half the snaps. Another was week 12 where he only played 8% of the snaps. So a lot of the weeks where he didn't do well, there were other things going on that aren't there now. So as long as they don't bring in a J-Rob or better talent next year to go next to Travis Etienne, I can see it being the same or up. J-Rob or better. He, he's looked pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So I mean like it's not the greatest bar to clear. Um, <laughs> but if <laughs> It's some low standards there. If how ETN finished the season is an indicator so how he's going to be doing going forward, it's a good sign. On to the conference championship losers. Oh, losers. Well, we like this one, Purdy. I just sold, just like the day before it, they said what the injury was, like before he got hurt, I sold him for like the 202. Nice. Ooh, that's Purdy. That's a Purdy pickup. And I bought Lance for the 204 and 307, and I got like a fourth rounder back. Nice. So Brock Purdy is an interesting, very interesting topic here out of San Francisco. So San Francisco is like plagued with (laughs) injuries this year. 
So obviously Trey Lance goes down early in the season. Gorgeous Jimmy G came in. I don't care what he does. He's just pretty to look at. He can suck as long as he's out there. I'm just like salivating. Week one was Trey Lance and week two, Trey Lance played 21% of the snaps and then it was Jimmy G the rest of the way okay. until Jimmy G went down. Right, right, right. So Brock Purdy comes on. He was playing really well. He was all I do was win, win, win. You know, we're celebrating all these wins. Although I do think I recall conversations in group chats that he's, he's just not that good, but he was winning, right? He was winning games. They were winning, whatever that was. So it was making him look good. Yeah. The most important fantasy stat is winning. Quarterback wins. Does not score me fantasy points. So winning, but how was he faring for fantasy lineups? If you were lucky enough to have to snag Purdy and play him for free. Yeah. For free. He was basically free. He was a waiver wire pickup. Yeah. Unless he, you have locked taxis and you happen to slide him down there at the beginning of the season because you didn't have great options. You slipped him in your DMs. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Your OnlyFans account. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. She's pretty sure. <laughs> Speaking of being pretty. <laughs> he was QB 11 if you went by average from weeks 13 to 17, which is when he took over through the end of the season. Okay. Well, that's not too shabby. I mean, for free. In those five weeks, he was a QB 2 or better in each of those weeks. He, he was outside the top 24 QBs zero times in those five weeks where he was the starter. So it was good. It was good to have Purdy. If you look at Jimmy G, his weeks 2 through 12 after Lance went down, he was a QB 2 or better 9 of 10 weeks. And he only had one week outside the top 24. So what does this tell you? A San Francisco 49er quarterback is probably going to be a QB 2 or better. Yeah. I don't know necessarily that it means Purdy is amazing. Yes. I mean, like, he could be pretty good, but pretty good is like Jimmy G, which he basically produced pretty close. Which per, know, so. pretty good is an actual um, phrase in Nashville, so that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> so, well, you're in New York. Yeah. You can't say that. They would literally take your New York card away. <laughs> yeah, what, my card. <laughs> I'm in North Carolina, so I get to say it's pretty good. Is this one of those situations like how Mike is with tight ends? Whatever the piece of the puzzle is in San Francisco, their quarterbacks fare well in your fantasy lineup. So you are looking at San Francisco quarterbacks going, they're going to put points up. They're at least going to be a decent score week to week. Hey, that's, a, that's I guess that's a way to look at it. I mean, I'll take any starting quarterback on any team. Going to play all of the snaps. They're, that works going to be top 32. It's not like they split snaps with quarterbacks out there. Mike, to your point, I'm drawing the line. If Cam Newton ever makes it back in, I don't care. He could be putting up a thousand points a week, which is not going to happen. And I'm not taking him. And I refuse to draft Russell Wilson. Okay. Oh, is that your new Cam Newton? Yeah, I can't. I can't. He's he's got to show me something. Do you want me to convince you to draft him now in the offseason? Now now that he's a value? Nope. Okay. No. I'll do that. Sean Payton might try yeah. to convince you. I'll definitely. No, I'll, I will no. try to convince you. So Russell Wilson. A few years ago, I had him, and from that point on, I was a little skeptical about Russell Wilson. And I fell into that trap on more than one occasion after. And I was just like, why do I keep doing this to myself? I already have enough anxiety in fantasy football. And so I have to stay away from players that give me like the most anxiety. And he's one of those. Well, if you're heavily invested in Purdy, then it's probably high anxiety investments because now with the elbow injury, this could be something where, I mean, like he's not going to be there during the off season programs and everything. Lance will be. Mm -hmm. If you ask, me 
before the conference championship, it was like, man, it's going to be a competition in the offseason between Purdy and Lance to see who starts week one. I know they're investing in Lance, but they have both of them, and they're both cheap. They're both not going anywhere. If Lance doesn't look awesome and Purdy continues his streak of looking good enough, it could be just like Jimmy G and Lance conversations last year. But now that Jimmy G is leaving, even Shanahan said he doesn't see a scenario where Jimmy G comes back. We'll see if that's just talk or not. But Haven't we been talking about that for a long time, though? Yeah, we have been. Yeah. I feel like all we ever do is talk about Jimmy G leaving. Yeah. <laughs> it never happens. If he leaves, they get a third round compensatory pick. I just don't think they're going to take Jimmy G back and sacrifice that. I think there's a really good chance as long as Lance can finish the offseason healthy, then that's going to be Lance's job. And it's not looking nearly as purdy as it was the week before. Yeah. The argument was that, look at how consistent he's been. He's QB2 or better every single week he started. Yeah, he consistently lost to the Hawkeyes in college. He was a four-year starter. He was 0-4 versus Iowa. So <laughs> with all that being said, it's not like they have early first-round draft capital wrapped up in Purdy where it's like, oh, man, this injury sucks. But we're committed to Purdy. We're not. We're not committed via draft capital to Purdy. No. I really think it clears the way for at least Lance to start next season as a starter. If anything, I mean, Purdy proved himself to be a really good handcuff quarterback, a great backup quarterback. They don't have to worry about re-signing a guy like Jimmy and can still get solid work on a loaded roster. Mm -hmm. And he'll be IR slash taxi eligible next year if you want to stash him and see if Lance survives. Yeah, so this is a pretty awesome subject. And speaking of pretty things, let's move on to Christian McCaffrey. We touched on Christian McCaffrey a little earlier um, in the podcast. You had to be a little patient because, of course, he started the season off in Carolina and that wasn't the greatest fantasy position for him to be in. I was actually really doubting myself first half of the season while he was in Carolina. And then he ends up getting traded to San Francisco and blows up. And I was like, okay, now I'm looking like a genius. So I just had to be a little patient. Christian McCaffrey was a very, very big asset to your fantasy roster once he got to San Francisco. Even before. Even before. He was an RB1 most of the time, putting up 20-point weeks all the time, and this was on a crappy Carolina team. And then he goes to the 49ers, which is basically like an all-star team. And he just continues all-star play. During the first 14 weeks of the season, he was the RB3. And then during the fantasy playoffs, he was the RB2. And he played in all the games when you really thought there was a good chance he gets hurt this year. He played in all of them. He was an RB1 in 11 of 16 weeks. An RB2 in three other weeks. So 14 of the 16 weeks, he was an RB2 or better. There were only two weeks where he didn't score outside, where he scored outside of that. And one of them was the week where he didn't play many snaps. It's it's super good for CMC. He seems to be hopefully past these injury concerns. We'll see if it pops up next year, but he could be the older RB who is a league winner next year again because the 49ers are still going to be stacked. Yeah, he's, I feel like he's kind of, I don't know, it was a little deceiving. I guess now that you mention it, I do remember he was slow with points. Like the first half of the games, the first half of the season, it was like, I'm like, what's going on with Christian McCaffrey? Like, why isn't he putting up any numbers? And then like the second half of the game, I guess when I would go back and check, I'm like, oh, I guess I shouldn't complain. He he did all right. So I guess that's 
that's what made it a little deceiving is I, I was, I felt frustrated, but I think it was because I wasn't patient in each game. Yeah, you get you get all of the points scored in the game. Like, not just once at the beginning. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, like, he, I would get really panicky. Might have been a garbage time king. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. I don't care what the outcome of the game is. I just need my players to perform. He didn't do it on a ton of yards. No. He did it on getting a bunch of catches in every game and a touchdown in most of the games. But, like, rushing to begin the season, mm -hmm. he had a couple hundred-yard games, but 33 yards, 27 yards, 54 yards, 69 yards, 38 yards. That's just rushing. So, like, you look at the box score, it's not like, where's the 200-yard CMC rushing game or combined total game? It was mostly the catches or the touchdowns that got him up into the ranks where he was on a weekly basis. So, Like the 41-point game where 94 rushing yards, yep. ton of catches. Yeah. Two touchdowns. Yeah, it was a big game. And he was RB2 that week. Yep. Who was RB1 that week? Camara with like a point more. Carmara. <laughs> he was RB1. <laughs> um, all right. So Christian McCaffrey, yep. He's been awesome. Still awesome. Awesome to have. And let's move on to Debo. So yeah, Debo. I'm looking at your notes here. He was only a wide receiver one, one, one week out of 12? One time this season. One. One time. One time. Now, Debo had some injury, right? Didn't play weeks 15 through 17. How did Christian McCaffrey affect him? Like, was he doing better prior to Christian McCaffrey getting there? And once McCaffrey got there, did he take a little bit more of a step back? Or was he just kind of a bust this whole season? Wasn't quite the wide back after getting paid. 75% mm -hmm. of the time, he was worth playing in your flex or better. The problem with Debo is only 25% of the time was he actually a wide receiver two or a wide receiver one. 25% of the time he wasn't even worth playing in your lineups and he was usually like flex territory is basically what you can take from that. Fantasy regular season he was wide receiver 21 23 if you go by average. He played in 12 of 13 games during your fantasy regular season but you weren't getting the top end. You are getting like Zeke production. Worse than Zeke production. I mean the drop off is just insane from the year before. If you drafted him you drafted him high coming off of his monster year last year. So you felt it with Debo. I mean, that's a guy that you were going to depend on playing in, a, you know, your wide receiver one or wide receiver two position. And he wasn't even really valued at a flex position most of the time as we're looking at these numbers. Or just barely flex, but yeah. That's huge. That's almost like having drafting your wide receiver one and him getting injured and you didn't have him to play. Like cup, you know, you, you go out there and you you draft him really high, and then he gets injured and he's gone. But you're you're just watching a guy who had a monstrous year, and then he's just not getting the same play. Which he had a really unique role last year because he was like a wide receiver and a running back. Mm -hmm. Yep. Welcome CMC. Yeah. Well, what's wild about that is like it's not like he saw a significant drop down in rushes this year. He just didn't score eight touchdowns this year rushing. Yeah, because there were there were other people to score. Or yeah. they, they paid big bucks for Christian McCaffrey. So you're going to give him the ball. Yeah, Shanahan didn't hate Ayuk this year. 
year. He missed four games, so what was it? And he only rushed like 17 times less than the year before. It's not like there's a significant drop-off in the rushing. It's just he did not play well. He had a similar number of targets. I mean, when you kind of compare him game to game, 94 targets versus 120, and we're talking like 632 yards versus like 1,405 yards. Mm -hmm. it, just, it was just a huge, huge drop-off for him in, in production. He was like a third-round pick in startups. Yeah. Yeah. That was our argument in the offseason was overdrafted. He was way overdrafted. And then that that one rang really true. Yeah, so Debo's probably a guy I'm staying far away from unless I get him at some, like, redonkulous value. <laughs> There's such a question mark there. there Did is. you like that, Nick? Redonkulous? Yes, redonkulous. Speaking of redonkulous values, the other wide receiver for the 49ers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about the, the street fire. The street farter. <laughs> the street... Sounds terrible. The street fighter. <laughs> ah! Now, if I recall, Brandon Ayuk is one of those players that has caused me some severe anxiety in the past. Little bit of like boom and bust. And then, but this year, Brandon Ayuk comes in and has a little bit of a better season, a little more consistent. Yeah, that's not the word I would use. Good, not great. No. <laughs> still boomer bust? Yeah. Yep, still boomer bust, but at the price tag of after player 100 off the board in a startup compared to a top 30, 40 player in Debo. He has better, yeah, he's better stats than Debo, right? Mm -hmm. Well, he was wide receiver 18 in the playoffs and during the regular season if you look closer like week 15 he was wide receiver 74 and he's the reason you got knocked out of the playoffs Ooh. but then you look at week 17 he was wide receiver three he's the reason you won the championship <laughs> if you got there so it, 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 it's up and down it's a little bipolar like yay oh mm -hmm. yep so he played all 16 games five of those games he wasn't worth playing in your flex yeah. so most of the time but it's not like you were investing a third round pick in this guy okay. so as far as value is concerned, he was well worth the pick wherever you got him. Okay, sweet. And he was barely worth it in a couple of more games as far as your flex. Yeah. Yep, that's a good yeah, point. I get a 9.9 .9 game there. Mm -hmm. Should be like six. Six games where he was barely flex worthy. And 11 of 16 games he was flex or better. So, but only five of those games was wide receiver two or better. Okay, so moving into Cincinnati. We got Burrowhead Stadium. That's what he called it. Burrowhead the mayor, the governor. Burrowhead was how he was constantly beating the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Oh. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Joe Burrow. I would say he remains about the same. I feel like Burrow, am I wrong on that? Like, I feel like where he was being drafted is probably about where he'll continue to be drafted because I feel like players like Jalen Hurts really moved up yep. and Trevor Lawrence really moved up and Joe Burrow kind of like will remain the same. I have seen him over Herbert a bit. Yep, and that would be a valid movement this year. I would do that. I, I actually think I would choose Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert. He's like two years older. Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow? Ooh. Uh, oh, God, that please don't make me choose. Yeah, that that's different. Whoever the person in front of me didn't pick, yeah. I don't know. That's more to the rise of Hurts. I think you could take both of them over Herbert now and not really bat an eye. Even though Herbert's super valuable. It's just those guys, man. I would. I think I would take either of those over Herbert. And I'm over here going, please don't make me pick. <laughs> 
Mm -hmm. I, I would be happy with either. I don't have a passionate feeling on either. Like, mm -hmm. I like them both. Cincinnati, another victim of the Week 17 stopped game. But even if you count that game and the points scored in it, he was the ninth highest scoring QB Weeks 15 through 17. And let's say throughout that game that got stopped, his average would have put him at QB4. Yeah, I just like the heck out of Joe Burrow. I really do. I like him on my fantasy rosters. It's like, oh, he was great in the playoffs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How was he during the season? QB4 as well. Yeah. Weeks 1 through 14, he played every single game. He scored a QB1 11 out of 16 weeks. Yeah. Four weeks QB2 or better, and only one week outside of the top 16, the week he was, the game was canceled. Yeah, so you can't even count that. Mm -hmm. That's like an asterisk. Josh Allen level of consistency. Yeah. yeah. Or at least almost when you look at QB1 and QB2 performances. So before the season, I was saying, eh, Lamar, Burrow, I prefer Lamar. As it sits right now, I'll take Burrow over Lamar. Oh, definitely. I mean, like it could change, mm -hmm. but as of right now, that's one change between now and a year ago. Mm -hmm. Oh, big time. Yeah. Consistently putting up good numbers every week. Mm -hmm. And and in fantasy, I think the biggest thing, it's, it's always great to have players that can put up those huge games but consistency i feel like is really at the end of the day what you need out of your fantasy players yeah i'd rather take middle of the road games week after week after week after week that gets me to that championship and wins that championship than a than a player who's got a really low floor and a really high ceiling yeah it'd be the reason you win some weeks and the reason you get knocked out of the playoffs other weeks right so joe mixon well no. interestingly enough some news on joe mixon today is that there is an arrest warrant out for him. Yeah. So, oh, Joe. I don't know what any of that's about. I didn't read anything. I just saw there was an arrest warrant out. Allegedly pulled a gun on someone. Oh, come on, Joe. Don't you know you got to play on these fantasy teams? Don't let us down. Mm -hmm. He's mixing it up this offseason. Oh, ba bum ching <laughs> <laughs> God, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> It was good. It was great. I'm really curious what happens with the news with Mixon. He's a little younger than this whole Camara tier, even though not by much. Not by much. And he's still already at the upper end of that tier. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, I still like Mixon. I'm not too worried about uh, if he's uh, wants to duel like a cowboy in Nashville <laughs> or not. But uh, he, he would have been RB16 if you looked at his average from weeks 15 and 16 and applied it to all the RBs in the playoffs, even though with the stoppage, it would have put him at RB31. Uh, during the regular fantasy season, he was an RB1. He was RB5 based on average, but he only played 11 of the 13 games. And he only scored under flex three times and one of those was the week 17 stoppage so as good as you can expect from an RB that isn't the very tip top of RBs and he's a little younger than all these other RBs who you're going to like as your RB2s next year or at least tolerate as your RB2s uh, it'll depend on where he goes he might be a little bit overdrafted right now based on the fact that he it's not like he has a lot of jeopardy until this week when he starts pulling out pieces so we'll see yeah Joe Mixon <laughs> Someone who's in flux going forward and pieces, now, I guess. Like by pieces. <laughs> Reese's pieces. Reese's pieces. Hand pieces. Mm -hmm. Like what kind of pieces are we talking about? <laughs> Things more deadly than chocolate and peanut butter. Actually, chocolate has a lot of antioxidants in it, so it can be really good for you. Dark chocolate. You should pull those pieces out instead. <laughs> Ooh, I like dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. Dark chocolate's very good for you, actually. No, it is not. Just you can't overindulge. Mm -hmm. Just don't overdraft well, it. It's like anything. Like water is <laughs> bad for you if you drink too much. Mm -hmm. This is true. You can die. Just don't let it run while you brush your teeth. Why? Oh, my word. <laughs> because it's bad for the environment.
meant you're wasting water. <laughs> Rounding out with Jamar Chase, J-Jet and Jamar Chase were wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Like, are you taking J-Jets? Are you taking Jamar Chase? The question for wide receivers, one of those you can't go wrong with either. You would have gone less wrong if you took Jefferson. This season. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Chase is a little younger. He did injure his hip in the middle of the season. It was kind of scary. It was really scary. I didn't know what to think. Like, how many hip injuries to wide receivers do you have to go off of? It's just like, what does this mean? I mean, like, is he going to bounce back and be just fine? Is it not? The mystery, the indefinite, the ambiguous uh, made it a little bit scary. But if you look at the nine games that he played during the fantasy regular season, he would have averaged as the wide receiver six. And even if you don't look at the average, he was still wide receiver 14. He did well, but he did miss four games throughout the season. He was a wide receiver two or wide receiver one in half the games that he played. And he played 12 games. And he had one week where he was outside of your flex. And that was the week 17 stoppage. So he was worth playing every single game, which is rare for a wide receiver because often their busts put them outside of flex. So as far as Chase, it was like everything you can expect, even though it was a season where he's missing, you know, a fourth of the games during your fantasy season. From what you had, you can't really be too upset with it. It was good enough. Well, I mean, the only thing you can look at him this year um, compared to last year is, yeah, he missed, you take five games out of the equation, but he still had more targets this year than last year. Mm. And he did have more catches this year than last year, Ooh. but it's on less yards. Mm. A lot less yards per catch. Mm. People get a little nervous when they see a major piece of the puzzle go down with injury. How is that going to affect a quarterback? Of course, Jamar Chase being Joe Burrow's favorite target. And so I think people got a little nervous about Joe Burrow, like, oh, he doesn't have Jamar Chase. But it didn't seem to hurt him at all because, you know, he's got Higgins and he's got, is it Tyler Boyd? Yeah, that would be him. Nailed it. Yeah, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. And Hayden Hurst, who was killing you. <laughs> and Mike Thomas for that one week. <laughs> Listen, speaking of amazing tight ends, Hayden Hurst was a beast and it was killing me. My team was that good that Hayden Hurst could be the difference, okay? Mm-hmm. You're welcome on that one, too. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you, Mike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you negotiated a trade for him. Yeah, we got him. Yeah, I did. I actually did. I did trade Hayden Hurst, um, and and that was, I won that, I won that league. You did. So, arguably, you can say whatever you want about Hayden Hurst, but he won me mm-hmm. a championship. Tell everyone to pipe down. <laughs> okay, sorry. But didn't you didn't you win a pipe? Never mind. I did I did win a pipe. It's actually in the mail. It should be getting here. They it already got through customs in New York, so it should be here anytime. No, I'm keeping it. And I'll have two pipes. No, don't you take my pipe. It did it didn't pass customs. It got held up. It did pass customs. No. Yeah. No. I can smoke two pipes at one time now because I've got two championships. That's the way to do it. Two pipes. That's how that works. That's right. Hmm. Indubitably. That's right. I guess I said we were finishing with with Chase, but we do have Higgins. He Higgins was a great asset to have. Yeah. He was a little bit frustrating, but I'll put it like this. Going to the next season right now, I have him at wide receiver eight. I'm still pretty excited about T. Higgins. Yeah. My biggest note with T. Higgins is that he only had four games where he didn't score flex or better. In three of those games, he played 26% of the snaps or less. It was like, T. Higgins is fine. He's healthy. He's going to play. Plays a snap, doesn't play the rest of the game. Plays a few snaps, doesn't play the rest of the game. It was the fact that they were dishonest about how 
much they were going to play Higgins that was frustrating about Higgins. Because if you threw out the games where he played 26% of the snaps or less, and then the game that was stopped, all his other games were flexed or better. Except for week 18. If we're, if we're looking at fantasy, which stops at week 17. Very good. All those other games were worth playing. Yeah. So if they were just honest and said just didn't play Higgins and just made him inactive, then he would have been a lot more consistent for you in fantasy. So, I mean, the guy's 24. I'm still pretty excited about Higgins going forward. It's tied to Burrow for at least one more year. Yep. All right, that rounds out Cincinnati. Um, definitely looking forward to Super Bowl Sunday where the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm pulling for Philadelphia. Who are you guys pulling for? Definitely not Philly. Well, you're a Giants fan. Definitely Philly. And my off my off season call for the Super Bowl was Chiefs Philly with Philly winning the Super Bowl. As soon as I got AJ Brown, I said Philly Super Bowl. Yeah, so I'm sticking with that. I'm hoping that's the case. So I um I really like Jalen Hurts, and I am really rooting for him in the Super Bowl. Um, obviously we know it would be like sacrilegious for Mike to ever cheer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles as a Giants fan. Oh, I wouldn't. Gross. And I do love Travis Kelsey <laughs> for Kansas City. I mean, I don't dislike Kansas City. I'm kind of over Mahomes. Like, I want Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Fine. It's it's time. Okay. It's time for Mahomes to move over. There's a new QB in town. <laughs> All right. As long as you say Jalen Hurts, that's fine. Yes. I love me some Jalen Hurts. I like him too. Love hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and not to not to hurt your feelings here as listeners, but we are definitely out of time. So we're gonna wrap things up. So as always, we appreciate you taking the time to tune in week after week and listen to our podcast. We hope that we are bringing you lots of good information that is helping you make moves on your fantasy rosters. And we hope we are for sure making all of your fantasy dreams come true. So make sure to check us out on Twitter and follow us. Make sure to check out our website, rankdrafttrade.com and subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss an episode. And, um, Uh, Thanks for hanging out this week, and we look forward to hanging out with you in our next podcast. Post-Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Oh, it's the Super Bowl? Yeah. Super Bowl coming up. Big weekend. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. All right. Later. Good Good night. Good night. Goodbye. We bid you adieu. Prosper out. Peace, love, and prosper.